when someone says something that you're actually thinking, but you just let them speak it out. That way it's not technically attached to you, which I, I say that tongue firmly planted in cheek because when you're saying your words, not mine about that, let's be honest, take ownership of what you're actually saying in a given situation. But as it relates to Liberty Flames football, Jamie Chadwell's words, not mine. In terms of what this team did or did not do against Louisiana Tech and what it means going forward for the Flames for the rest of the year. Now look, Liberty, they're 9-0 on the year. They won 56-30 to and they led 28-10 to at halftime of this game. In fact, they actually expanded the lead to 35-10 in the early portion of the third quarter on that Noah Frith 55-yard pass and mostly catch and run from Caden Salter to Noah Frith. But if anything, that last play kind of sparked Jamie Chadwell on what he thought was wrong with this team. His words, not mine, because listen to Jamie Chadwell describe that touchdown to Noah Frith. Noah had a great game. I was happy. Let me, I'm really happy for Noah. Noah probably leads the country in number of catches that get called back for some penalty, right? Uh, and he had a great game tonight. Touchdown, you know, for a senior, a, a fifth or sixth year senior. I think he's a sixth year senior. Uh, you might be able to tell me different. Uh, love that kid, man. And just how awesome. Did you see everybody how happy they were for him? He works hard uh, and doesn't complain. Has to do all, you know, we ask him to block, do all these things, doesn't complain. He got a, he got a shot tonight. I mean, I'm really happy for him. That was Jamie Chadwell speaking about Noah Frith and the touchdown that put Liberty up 35-10 before in Jamie Chadwell's mind, and I'll throw my name behind this as well, Liberty kind of let off the gas against Louisiana Tech because they really didn't play up to what you would think their standards should be over the remainder of that game. They outscored Louisiana Tech 21-20, but this was not the best performance you've seen out of Liberty in terms of four complete quarters you know the old four quarters of fury that you hear on those ads for liberty flames football uh, and have heard plenty of times throughout the tenure from gill to freeze to now jamie chadwell the idea of four quarters of fury or the flames quarter the fourth quarter it's not really been there for liberty and a lot of it is self-inflicted mistakes 10 penalties 94 yards for liberty not great kick return coverage not spectacular for Liberty in that department either. And oh, they had plenty of chances with kickoff coverage, but it was not the most crisp evening for Liberty in terms of kick return coverage. Defensively, Louisiana Tech, Hank Bachmeyer threw for over 300 yards. It was not the best game for Liberty. And Jamie Chadwell went so far as to say afterwards, again, his words, not mine, but we've touched on this before about Liberty holding themselves to a different standard because they played a rather soft schedule over the course of the season. And frankly, as that intensifies over the next handful of years, the goal is to still be as good as they've been this year and as dominant as possible. And I get it's not going to happen every year when you start getting Power 5 teams on the schedule and high-end group of fives. You're not going to blow out Virginia Tech or App State or Coastal or whomever every single time. Heck, may not even blow out Old Dominion this coming weekend as they try to fight for bowl eligibility. But Jamie Chadwell, here's what he said. He was embarrassed by that performance in the second half against Louisiana Tech. I'm embarrassed as the head coach of our performance penalty-wise, to be truthful, and, and, it, and, it, and it's frustrating me. So I'm, I'm not going to say tons about it, but we, we're, doing, we're doing foolish things that are going to hurt us and hurt our program, and I'm disappointed in that. Um, and we lose our cool. And so thankful that our offense played really well. 
um, and you know took care of the ball for the most part. We had one hiccup there, but anytime you can rush for 300 and about throw for 300, that's a pretty good day. And so thankful that uh, they did a good job. I thought defensively, um, you know, we just let them do what they wanted, and it was disappointing in that. And, and again, I'm responsible for the penalty, so it's on me. Um, but I'm disappointed in that, and and really embarrassed to be honest. And so frustrated by that. I'm excited for the win. We'll always celebrate wins; they're hard to come by. I'm very thankful for that. Thankful for the fans that were here. It's awesome, great atmosphere at homecoming. Um, but we got to clean some things up if we're going to get where we want to get to. Disappointed, frustrated. Twice the word embarrassed was used from Jamie Chadwell. Look, you got to be that forceful if you're the head coach of a football team, first and foremost, because there are a bunch of alpha males in a locker room, and you want them to be that way because it's a aggressive and aggressive collision-based sport. So you need that. But you also have to be poised enough to know how to handle those situations. And I get it if you're Jamie Chadwell. Old Dominion's a team that's fighting for ball eligibility. That carrot is dangled in front of them, and a win at Liberty would go miles to accomplishing that this coming weekend. And frankly, it's about playing to the standard of what you believe you're capable of as a program if you're Jamie Chadwell. And that's why he was upset, embarrassed, the penalties, the fact that the defense couldn't close the game out, and he singled them out because, I mean, how are you going to get on the offense when they average 8.5 yards per play and 602 yards of total offense? You control the game in that regard if you're Liberty. You know, six minutes advantage and time of possession. I mean, there's not much else you could say. The offense controlled the game as it's done so much for Liberty, but it's masked at times the lack of a pass rush on defense, including against Louisiana Tech this past week. Among other things, that lack of pass rush means you're not forcing interceptions. Bachmeyer didn't throw any. You're not forcing fumbles. Louisiana Tech didn't have any. And if you're Jamie Chadwell, you've been more than patient. This is the ninth game of the year and the first time he has said this about his defense. Our defense did some good things, right? But when you when you have a chance, I think my biggest disappointment, when you have a chance, you go up 21-10 and then 28-10, and then they score. And then we go up and then they score. Just back and forth. You never could really get that comfort level where if we could just, uh, you know, those saying put the put the put their your foot on their throat, right, and, and not let them come up. And um, so that that was, I think, my biggest disappointment. I, Let's get into the weeds on this for a quick second here in the fast lane. Let's get into the weed. (coughs) Smoke weed every day. Excuse me. Let's get into the weeds where we take a dive into different sports topics here on the fast lane. So Jamie Chadwell, that's the comment that we played just a moment ago, being upset that the defense couldn't close the game out. Here's why that makes sense. When you're up 35-10, I mean, I've watched enough football to know this. I can't point the X's and O's out, but I can tell you this much. When you're down 35-10 to 10 like Louisiana Tech was in the early portion of the third quarter, it's really hard to stay committed to the running game, which means the opposing offense has to, by default, become more predictable in passing situations. Yet Liberty only got two sacks on Hank Bachmeyer. There wasn't a lot of consistent pressure from Liberty which means the defense has to cover longer. And we've seen before that when that happens, penalties in the secondary have been an issue at times for Liberty. And it goes to this theme where for Liberty right now, as dominant as that win against Louisiana Tech was, and look, you're 9-0. You should be thankful for that if you're Liberty. But it's okay to hold yourself to a higher standard. You have to know that if you want to make the college football playoff, there's zero margin for Liberty losing. Uh, Excuse me, the New Year's Six Bowl game. They're not going to the college football playoff this year. No group of five team is going to do that. But if you want to get to a New Year's Six Bowl game, 
There's zero margin. You need to take care of your business and look as dominant as possible. Not to mention you're going to need some help from other people. Well, if you're not even looking that dominant, you're really struggling to make your case if you're Liberty. And again, that's Jamie Chabot holding his players to a higher standard and taking the lead on that so his players don't have to shoulder the burden of pleading their case to make a New Year's Six bowl game, to be ranked in the college football playoff. And Chabwell has towed the line on saying how right it would be, but not wanting to overly focus on that. But I get what he's going at for Liberty, because we've said it all along this year, that the reason Jamie Chabwell is upset probably more than anything from the Louisiana Tech game is that they couldn't close it out defensively. But overall, as a team, we've seen this at home for Liberty. Yes, they covered against Louisiana Tech. First time, in fact, all season, the Flames have covered at home since the opener against Bowling Green. Yes, the fighting Scott Lefflers. Jamie uh, Codwell coming from um, um, from Carolina. Yes, Carolina. South Carolina, North Carolina, Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, Western Carolina. Just pick one out of a hat. But it's because Liberty has not played four full quarters. And to make their case as deserving of being ranked in the college football playoffs, let's, you know, Jamie Chappell doesn't have to say it. We'll say it for him. They have to be able to do that, and yet, clearly, they have not. We've just not played four quarters at home, right? If you go back to all of our games, man, we've played some really good quarters, uh, but maybe not complete game. You know, the same thing happened tonight. We were, we were tremendous offensively, really, for the whole – we had the, the hiccup on our own. We caused our own little uh, turnover. We just messed that up. And then we had the one penalty on the second – or the, the pass that really put us back and made us punt. And besides that, that was four – you know, that's four quarters. If you look at previous games, defenses played well. Offense sputtered around a little bit. Jamie Chadwell. Speaking about that, because Liberty, they've not played four quarters. And Trey, this is the obvious thing for Liberty. There's two parts to this. Short term, if they want to make the college football New Year's Six Bowl game, playoffs again, let's be real here. It's it's highly, 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 highly unlikely to happen. Like .0000001% chance of happening. But New Year's Six Bowl isn't out of the question, but Liberty needs help. And by virtue of needing help from someone else, they have to look completely dominant. 56-30 56-30 to 30 is, is a good, convincing victory. But you know what would have been better for Liberty? 56-10. to 10. Because they led 35 Style points. To 10. They need style points. 100% Trey, and that's what Jamie Chabwell is getting at. And it's not the idea of running the score up on everyone. It's understanding that's the case. And frankly, let's go with the Old Dominion analogy. Outside of their opening loss to Virginia Tech, by the way, every Virginia Tech game on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, including 10 a.m. for their trip to B.C. this coming weekend, part of our doubleheader, game two is USC and Oregon. But for that trip to Virginia Tech, that's the only game that Old Dominion's played this year that has not been decided by one possession. Every other game has. So they're used to playing in close games. If you let them hang around, they'll be able to hang around and get more confidence, and they know what to do in those spots. They haven't done it all the time, but they're more than viable enough that for Liberty, you don't want to get got this late in the year and in your case. Yes, they have a chance to win their conference. Yes, they're going to be hosting the Conference USA Championship game by virtue of the win against Louisiana Tech. But right now, he's basically saying the standard is the standard, as our guy Mike Tomlin would always say. The standard is the standard. That's what you're trying to establish for Liberty, which goes to the longer-term point, which is when you're thinking... Year two, year three, and beyond for this program, assuming Chadwell sticks around for a period of time, that you need to be better than what you've been right now. And part of it is that type of showing that Liberty still can get to, which is scary about this team with their schedule is, Drake, they, they haven't even played their best football this year, and yet they're still destroying teams. But you have to be even more convincing right now when others don't believe that you're warranting of a spot in the college football player. For fair or worse, the, the playoff rating is spoken, and that's what they've said. 
Yeah, and part of it is your strength of schedule, which is a heavy factor. It's a reason why Michigan is ranked where they are and Ohio State is ranked with the where they are, but I would say Michigan is a better football team than Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately, you know, you, you play the games that you play and you'll see what happens, but they need style points in these games. Like, we've been over this. It's, you know, you're playing, what, half your schedule is, you know, bottom bottom third teams in all of FPS football. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. It's given it's just what the schedule dictates and your best hope is you go undefeated and Tulane picks up a second loss, Air Force picks up a second loss, and you are even if you're not ranked, you're that group of 5 representative in the New Year's 6 and that's kind of the best way you can do it. And out of all the things for Liberty, the one thing that they actually can control is how they perform, and that's really what you're driving at if you're Jamie Chabal. He said it so often, is controlling what you can control, and that's why he's as frustrated as he is and why I completely get him being as frustrated as he has been. By the way, please share your thoughts. We've gotten some on the Liberty Flames and more, and we'll get to that after Trey's other boss, Tom Bowles of FrontStretch.com, oh boy. recaps the NASCAR season with us today around 5.30 p.m., but... There are other topics to address right now, starting with NASCAR, but then quickly pivoting to Tech, UVA, and the ACC in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. For so much of the NASCAR season, I've been very complimentary of changes and adjustments that they've made. But I'll say this is the least encouraging sign you could imagine. They drew 2.92 million viewers for the championship race at Phoenix this past weekend. That was down 9.1% compared to last year. Both of them were on NBC, which is network TV. It's not a good sign. And the reality trade It is, also went head-to-head with the most watched NFL game of the year. Correct, which is the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles that you heard on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, as you'll hear our NFL quadruple header this Sunday starting at 9.30 a.m. CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg Facebook page for the full list of games when that happens uh, and every game that we carry on our CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. But here's the thing, Trey. That's just going to be the reality for NASCAR when you try to go head-to-head with the NFL. And it's why, I've said this before, but finding ways to have fewer times where you go head-to-head with the NFL is going to be the biggest challenge because you're not going to knock off the NFL whether you try to go head-to-head with it or not. We saw what happened when NASCAR went head-to-head and they got absolutely clobbered in terms of viewership. Their championship race, and look, I was as in tune to that as anybody. Yes, it was the double screen effect of uh, listening to the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app because we had... Cowboys at Eagles, and then of course watching the NASCAR race on TV and streaming platforms, but kind of juggling all that, I'll be the first to admit, I'm in the minority because a lot of people are just watching a platform and they're going to pick the NFL just based on natural consumption habits. Number four. MJ Morris helped NC State to bowl eligibility. Now he has decided to watch out for number one or number seven, I guess in his case, since that's his jersey number. He's shutting it down for the remainder of the year. How awkward this is for NC State to go back to Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback they benched for poor performance earlier in the year because MJ Morris decides to shut it down. Do you think he's gone? Because I think he's gone. I mean, his dad says that he's going to stay, but I'm going to be the first to say Didn't this. Didn't Derek King say that too? 
uh, when he was at Houston. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Heck, he may brought up a great point. You know, MJ Morris uh, showed out pretty well for NC State. Guess who has played that NIL game before and uh, <clears throat> may or may not have Dave found Dave Doran ways. didn't seem excited about the decision based off of his comments. Um, no, he did not. And here's the thing. Dad saying he's going to stay is so that when he doesn't stay, everyone can express their ire at dad and dad can take the heat so that the son can watch out for number one or number seven in MJ Morris's case. And again, I love it when these type of things eventually happen and it's respect my decisions. Like, dude, you're making a grown decision, especially if you go for the bag somewhere. And again, I don't fault anybody for getting as many dollar dollar bills, y'all, as you possibly can. But you can't be a kid, then go for dollar dollar bills, y'all. And then be naive to the fact that you want to respect my decision. No, no, no. You're playing the big boy business game. The game dynamics change at that particular point. You take the bag, you also have to take the heat that may come with taking the bag and hanging somebody else out to dry. And you did it in the middle of the season, no less, if you're MJ Morris. That's my big issue that I would question about a guy like MJ Morris. Look, I, I get it. If he has another good season, if he played well the remainder of the year and went and took the bag, and we'll just throw Miami out there in case that's where he goes. They clearly need quarterback help. They clearly have played the NIL game. You could argue they've clearly played the tampering game. I'm sure West Virginia fans would say that might well have happened since Miami's got a couple of guys, Mesidor and Daryl Porter Jr., the lineman and the cornerback from West Virginia that mysteriously left WVU to Miami. But, you know, whether it's Miami or other schools that also play that game and are looking to upgrade their quarterback play, it doesn't shock me at all that Morris would be in high demand. But again, you're playing that game. Just be aware that there will be criticism that comes from playing that game. Number three. So Virginia Tech and Iowa will square off tonight in the tip-off for the Charlotte basketball event. No, I'm not exactly saying what it is because it's a bank that doesn't sponsor the fast lane. And yes, I'll own it. I'm petulant like that. The game is, quote, likely to be the biggest women's college game this season, end quote, and the highest grossing in the sports history, according to Sports Business Journal. Now, highest grossing regular season game in the sports history, I completely understand that because the Tech-Iowa matchup featuring Caitlin Clark against a national semifinalist last year in Virginia Tech, that alone is big. We saw what women's basketball did last year. I get there's an old boys club out there that doesn't understand why this stuff is being discussed, but nine plus million viewers for the women's championship game last year says that there's clearly interest in it and our listening metrics of carrying that game and women's basketball at times and other women's sports verifies that there is in fact interest and people do care about this, which means it's not surprising to me that this would be the highest grossing game in the sports history for a regular season event. Now, take this with a caveat. When SBJ says it's likely to be the biggest women's college basketball game this season, Trey, that would be regular season because we know what tournament games mean and can do. And oh, by the way, even though it's a not-so-great matchup and even though we encourage you to watch the Virginia Tech game tonight and listen to the Thursday night football between the hapless Carolina Panthers and the equally hapless Chicago Bears right after Tech Talk Live. So that's a 7... Tech Talk Live was yesterday. Tech Talk Live was yesterday. Thank you. 7.30 airtime tonight for the NFL game. You can listen to the game on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Watch Iowa-Virginia Tech. Um, Still, the TV ratings are going to be higher for the NFL because it's the NFL. But this is a big marquee matchup for women's basketball, which feeds us into number two our question trey what actually happens in that game this evening between iowa and virginia tech your pick first on the total and the spread over you have uh caitlin clark and george amore they're gonna put up buckets 
Liz should have a big night as well as Kitley. So the over, and I will take the Hokies to cover the four and a half at least. I don't know if they win. I was really good with Caitlin Clark. I think it's going to be a really good game. So I will take, I'll keep, I think it's close. So I'll take Virginia Tech in the over. I'm going the other direction. I think Iowa right now is a little bit more gelled, and it's very easy when you can rely on Caitlin Clark. Uh, also with Virginia Tech, everyone talks about the big three of Kayla King, Georgia Amor, and Liz Kitley. But with a lot of moving parts, trying to get everyone synced up on the same page defensively can be a real challenge. And I would expect Iowa to be able to exploit that, both with Caitlin Clark and with her ability to pass and find teammates for quality shots as well. I'm worried about Tech defensively on the on that end so far this year. Heck, they weren't spectacular defensively in the early going against High Point when that was, it was never really a competitive game, but when High Point was not totally suffocated on Monday night. So I'll go the over, but I will go Iowa in this particular game. Four and a half is a little low. Of course, I hope you're right, Trey, but not expecting that to actually be the case. And number one on the Fast Five at five-ish. So a couple of injury nuggets for Louisville, including their stud offensive playmaker, Jamari Thrash, questionable for the Louisville game against Virginia this evening. Trey, is the line still at 20 and a half? Yep. It doesn't matter whether he plays or not. I think what we saw against Georgia Tech last week is more likely what we'll get for Virginia this evening. Louisville's the second best team in the ACC. I don't think this is going to be a particularly competitive game. Louisville could let off the gas, have less intensity than they had. They play pretty intense against Virginia Tech, who commanded their respect, but is not on that level in terms of a team. Uh, Louisville could let off the gas against Virginia, and I still believe that Louisville can easily cover 20 and a half tonight. I know it's a huge number for sports terms, but uh, this is the point where, again, prove it to me, Virginia, you know, just prove it to me, Virginia. I'll leave it at that. And I'll go over because we've seen the propensity for Virginia to get some later meaningless touchdowns that boost the score as well. Uh, yeah, Louisville in the over. So I agree with you. I guess. And there is your fast five at five-ish. It sounds painful for Trey to even utter that. It's no, not- it's just I want to catch up on you. So I need my Hokies to cover. And then we're, we're tied going into the weekend. Well, Trey, here's the thing. Speaking of catching up, we're going to catch up on where you've gotten this year with FrontStretch.com. A progress report, a final report card grade of Trey Lyle. (laughs) Employee evaluation. Darn right. We're doing it on the air with Tom Bowles of FrontStretch.com. And oh, by the way, we will talk a little NASCAR next and get to some of your feedback. So keep that coming as well. Fast Lane, Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts. We'll go all around around 545 today on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg 